0: I'm Cassie Hilbron, and this is the Cook It Real Good podcast, bringing you shortcuts to success in the kitchen. This week's episode is all about how to tell a good recipe from a bad. So we've all found a recipe on the internet that we've made that's been a bit meh, right? There's nothing more heartbreaking than buying all of the ingredients and spending time to make something that just doesn't turn out right, especially when we've followed all of the instructions to a tea. And that's where today's guest Kate comes in. Kate is a home cook that's been in the kitchen since she can remember. Like many nine-year-olds, she read The Joy of Cooking cover to cover multiple times. She is still trying to find a good occasion to make that recipe for Squirrel. <laughs> Nowadays, she remains a ferocious cookbook and food blog reader. Her blog habit comes in handy as the co-writer and co-host of the Dinner Sisters podcast. When Kate isn't in the kitchen or recording her podcast, she works in education for the state of Rhode Island and once upon a time was a science teacher. Kate shares a home with her partner James in Providence, Rhode Island. Kate and her sister, Betsy, have tried countless recipes from food blogs and popular food sites for their Dinner Sisters podcast. So Kate knows a thing or two about dud recipes. She shares all of her tips for how to avoid dinner disappointment and her most trusted food sources in today's chat. This week's recipe of the week is my vegetable stir fry with noodles, mostly because that's exactly what I'm craving as I record this. Stir fries are my favorite way to use up all the vegetables that are left over in the crisper at the end of the week. And this one has an Asian inspired sauce. that's just perfect. Enjoy the stir fry with ramen noodles, which is my favorite. It's like a, like a healthy way to eat ramen noodles. (laughs) or thick rice noodles work as well. Grab the recipe as well as all of the links discussed in today's episode at cookitrealgood.com 31. Now let's dive in. Hi Kate, welcome to the Cook It Real Good Podcast.
1: Hi, Cassie. I'm so glad to be here all the way across the ocean. Yeah. So fun.
0: <laughs> the magic of the internet. I'm talking to you <laughs> from the future.
1: <laughs> I know. I always I was like really tempted to be like, what's what's Thursday like? But I'm like, she gets said joke all the time. That's lame. <laughs>
0: Yes, I have friends who ask me how traffic is, like, on the blog. (laughs) How's traffic on Thursday? (laughs) I'll be there tomorrow. (laughs) I love it. Now, before we get into today's topic, would you mind sharing with us your last cooking fail? Oh, my goodness. Um, Yes. Let's
1: see. Which one should I choose? Um, Well, we recently did a root vegetable episode. So it's getting to be fall here in the, in the States, like weather's cooling down. We want to things like sweet potatoes and or yams and like onions and all that kind of stuff. Right. Rutabagas, those sorts of things. And so we had this recipe for a, what I thought was going to be a delicious root vegetable pot pie. That's pretty good right yes and so right you're like oh what a great idea no it was terrible i don't know what happened with this but they had you make this roux, and the roux like never came together and then it broke and then i i kept you know which means like it separates the oily comes comes out of the flour and then i was like okay i think that's fine because it came back together again then i added like so many root vegetables it just it just was and then i put the puff pastry on top i like was following all the directions right i'm like following directions i've we've done 80 plus episodes i feel like i can follow a recipe at this point i bake it it is a oily root vegetable disaster I taste it. It is not good. Betsy is making it while I'm making it, which is very rare. We're not usually on the same. So she's the the other part of the dinner sisters. So my sister, other sister's making it. And I eventually called her up. I'm like, stop. Just stop. Don't make it. It's not worth it. What's wrong with this rule? And we're both like, I don't know. It's cursed. So we actually we never um, aired that uh, that. Recipe on our podcast because we're just not into like airing bad recipes, but it was the worst fail I've had in a long time. I still don't know what happened. It, it was the, the cursed roux. It was awful.
0: Oh my oh. gosh. I'm sorry. Oh. It's a traumatized. <laughs> That's so disappointing. There's nothing worse than like when something sounds like it's going to be delicious and then it just doesn't work yeah. out. I know. It's very disappointing. And you're what right. This is the time of the year that you want to get all these root vegetables. Well, not on ours mm-hmm. but in your, your Wait, weather did you remember that <laughs> i remember that for a ago, few months absolutely. ago yeah that was nice <laughs> oh all right well we won't say whose recipe that was but maybe if you a see uh, see a root a root yes. pot pie leave it alone <laughs> if you see a root vegetable pot pie i would give it a second read
1: <laughs> you know yep if people find me on Facebook, I'll I'll, I'll warn them away, but we'll, we'll kind of leave their name to mm. be unmentioned. We'll keep it secret.
0: <laughs> now, Kate, you and your sister, Betsy, have a podcast called The Dinner Sisters Podcast, and we share lots of recipes that you guys try, test and try out during the week. Yes. So today's topic is all about how to find... Well, how to distinguish, I guess, a good recipe from a not so good recipe. And I think you guys are the perfect people to ask. Yeah. So we have made at this
1: point over 240 um, recipes for the podcast. <sighs> um, so yeah. So we have cooked a lot. We make three recipes a week. We do do some off weeks that, you know, we're on vacation, like. Um, around the holidays and things like that. But for the most part, every week we're cooking three recipes. And so between Betsy and I, we have a lot of experience with this. And so you and I chatted beforehand and you're like, what are your tips? And I think the first thing that came to mind is Betsy and I talked, have been talking about food for a long time, like way before the podcast. That's all we talk about. And she always said she wasn't a great cook. And I was always kind of suspicious of that because like we grew up cooking. I thought that was kind of odd. And then we kind of realized over time with this podcast, this Not that there's bad cooks. Well, there might be bad cooks. (laughs) But a lot of times it's like not a great recipe. So picking a recipe almost matters as much as your skills in the kitchen. I think with the Internet, there is this great access we have to all these wonderful, amazing recipes. But it also means that anybody can put a recipe up you know, and call it a good one. So um, I think one thing that we've been doing is um, something that I was really resistant to doing, I will admit to this is like, read the full recipe, like just do that. You don't want to you just want to get going, just read the ingredients list and like grocery shop and go. But when you read that recipe, what you will discover is, oh, all the ingredients that are in the list of ingredients are not mentioned in the directions. That's not great. It's like building a a bike if you're assembling a bike, and all of a sudden you've got the spare part, and you don't it, don't know what it goes to. Mm-hmm. That could be not great, right? And so I've discovered that happens more often than I think it will. I think it's um, you know, the result of a lot of these places that you find recipes are producing a lot of recipes at once. And so the copywriting isn't as great, copy editing isn't as great. Um, so going through and like matching ingredients to directions is a great way to determine whether or not this this recipe is going to like work for you. You know, like technically speaking. So that's been and I have found more often than not like things are missing, you know. And more often I find that something's mentioned in the in the directions that's not in the list, which is really frustrating.
0: It's like if you've already
1: gone to the store and then they're like, "Oh, I'm adding some powdered cumin." Well, if you don't have any powder cumin, now you got to stop or just decide not to put it in, um, which can get
0: really frustrating. Sometimes I find as well, when you read through the directions, they might uh, reference using something that you don't have, like not an ingredient, a tool. Oh, that's a great point. <laughs> and so like I have been guilty of that. Like, yeah, start making something. And I'm like, oh, I I don't have. Let's pick something like a microplane grater or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, no, or you're like, I don't have
1: a massive and you're right. Like they spend
0: the rest of the time figuring out,
1: did I like kind of like hack this the right way? Is it going to give me the wrong results? Like what's, yeah, it's very, very unnerving, And I think too. Over time, you look at recipes and you realize what – so recipes are all about proportions, right? You want – if you're making a cake, you want this proportion of eggs to this much flour to this much butter, and that's what makes a cake batter. Same with, like, spaghetti sauce. You don't want 15 cloves of garlic and a tomato, no. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. That's, that's intense. That's just <laughs> a, lot, right? it's a lot of garlic. It may not be the marinara sauce you're looking for. And I actually find, and maybe it's just me and, and the recipes I'm looking at, they are sometimes under seasoned. So the salt will be really, really low, like a quarter teaspoon of salt for a, a whole soup. And you're like, that's mm. not going to taste good at all. Um, or seasonings, you know, it'll be like, oh, just put a half teaspoon of Italian seasoning in a huge pot of minestrone, um, which isn't really going to get you much of anything. So I've also noticed that like learning a little bit about what makes things taste good, enough salt, enough seasoning. um, And also, are they doing things that add flavor? So if I think about a recipe with like a chicken breast, a one pot chicken, everyone loves those, right? It's like a chicken breast amongst some bits and bobs, like uh, maybe, you know, like a little bit of apple and potatoes and some veg, and then you cook it with a sauce for some time and it's all done in one pot. I've noticed that some of those don't have you brown your chicken breast or brown your onions, which is fine. It makes this quicker. But browning things is what adds flavor. And you might end up with like an okay dish as opposed to a recipe that's great that you're like, wow, I love the fact that this chicken is a little crispy and it tastes like it's been, you know, browned a little bit. It's got that kind of caramelized um, onion taste to it, which is so delicious. Like those kinds of things you start to learn over time. Um, and I think you start to like see, oh, okay, this does not have enough salt and none of my onions are browned. Like, not the greatest. So um, yeah, I think, it, and that comes just from like, like I said, I've read a lot of, we've cooked over 240 recipes. I have read a lot more.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> those shortcuts that you're talking about. So the ones that do make the recipe quicker and maybe easier and less washing up, sometimes they just really aren't worth it. Like it, I, The browning uh, the meat is a big one for me. Like I've made a lot of recipes that I'm like, I'll oh, just chuck it in the slow cooker or the crock pot, whichever one you want to call it, and yeah. dump and go. And it just tastes lacking because you haven't browned the meat. You yes. have to do that. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's less, like certain things, Like, and if you're okay with that, like if you're making – Some things are fine. If you're going to shred up some chicken for enchiladas or something like that, you know, put it in your instant pot or pressure cooker and away you go. You may not necessarily always need that. But I think you're right. Like nine times out of ten. You're gonna want a little extra caramelization, right? You want a little extra flavor in there. It's always
0: worth the extra effort, <laughs> even even <laughs> if it seems like it's like eh, this little
1: bit more. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Betsy and I have this conversation about sauces, like those little like extra sauces at the end of some recipes. Yeah, she's like, I never used to make them. I'm like, I know, because you get lazy. You're like, oh, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done yeah. with dinner. Thank you for that t- sauce. Sounds great. Catch you next time. And <laughs> since we've been doing this podcast, we've been like, all right, I'll make the, you know, little sauce that goes on there. And like, oh, these sauces are quite delicious. <laughs> really elevates fish. are like, huh, these sauce, someone's on to something with these sauces. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I think that's a thing. Um, so for us, like also like being a little less like, all right, I'll do this extra step. And it really does. Well, it just makes dinner a pleasure in some ways as opposed to like a chore you know can it can do that for you not every time you know we've all had those nights but um sometimes you take that little extra step that does does help
0: all right so we've got to read through the recipe first That's always always a good one. (laughs) All right. And what about like when we go on a search? Like, so let's take it back from before we find the recipe. Say say we're going into Google and we're typing in seasoned chicken breast, one dish meal, whatever it might be. Do you have Mm -hmm. any tips about going through that list and trying to pick a good one?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I think, um, you know, all recipes is one that is always one of the top hits. And I think that is like playing a bit of a game of chance. Mm -hmm. There are some people who put things on all recipes that are great. And there are some people who I'm not real sure how they thought this was a delicious dinner, but it is to them. And I'm happy for them, but I don't want to make it. (laughs) Um, So I think like all recipes is kind of like, ooh, okay, like maybe it can work. I have some sources that I really like that actually have to stop myself from using too much because... (laughs) I do – I want to get people out into different food blocks, you know, and kind of, like, explore a little bit. Um, And so I – you know, Smitten Kitchen, she's Mm -hmm. so reliable. She tests the heck out of recipes. I mean, hero, right, just generally. And then – so she's a good one. I think another one that's, like, a little bit of a hidden gem, and it's more my mother's generation, is actually Good Housekeeping. Okay. Because they do extensive recipe testing. Like, that's one of their things. And, um, like, that seal approval is for real. So – they're not always something that... Um, I feel like they do a lot of like family meals and things like that, but I have found some recipes in there. We've got this steak. It's... Um it's like a cumin cumin rug steak with Hawaiian rice, super simple. Love it. Yeah, so good. Works every time. Is amazing. And so, like, I have been kind of pleasantly surprised with good housekeeping, which has been kind of fun. Um, and then other ones like, you know, there are some celebrity chefs that I don't care for their recipes, but two that I do like that do work out a lot are Lydia Bastianich. I'm murdering her name thank you thank you Um, she is, um, an Italian American woman who started a big restaurant empire, um, here on the East coast and then wrote all these amazing cookbooks and her recipes are solid. She's a cookbook writer. So I think, you know, she's obviously got those chops and then Ina Garten's online recipes are also really good. And I'm kind of surprised because she does a lot of recipes, but she has a lot of assistants that do her recipe testing for her. And so I think that's, that's part of the reason, part of the reason why. Um, and if you can pay for it, Cooks
0: Illustrated. You know if you don't mind a paywall they do have some beautiful recipes i see them come sure. up on facebook and stuff sometimes and i'm like that looks so good
1: <laughs> they will always work like if you follow the directions they have tested the heck out of it they will always work if you're willing to subscribe and it's not like a super amount of money um i subscribe to some other things so i don't subscribe to them right now but it's one of those that i definitely recommend Awesome. And I love Ina. She's she's my favorite. <laughs> I mean, can we just all go have a house in the Hamptons somewhere and wear crisp white shirts and cut hydrangeas?
0: Yes, please. It's I want to go party with her every <laughs> night. Like, it looks like fun. <laughs> <laughs> it totally does. I'm with you. And what about, so look, they kind of, there's this, there's this bit of a joke in, I guess, the um, blogging world about, If you want to hide a dead body, put it on the second page of Google results. Yeah. (laughs) Because no one ever goes there.
1: You got to go there. You really do. Like once you get to the fourth or fifth page, things start to get a little dicey in terms of the algorithm, like you're not getting the results you want. But the second page is worth it because there are folks out there that are, you know, busting things out in the kitchen that are testing the recipes, but they just don't have like the ad budget or the exposure or what have you to like get their recipes out there. So I definitely use the second page. And I would say, you know, like any group, you know, search results on the Internet, your mileage may vary, but I found some great results on The second page of Google searches like the first page are going to be the characters that I see all the time right? Um, the Damn Delicious, the um, All Recipes, usually a New York Times article. Um, sometimes it depends upon like the genre. I'll see this blogger over another blogger. But if I go to the second page, I'm seeing a lot more variety and maybe different takes on it. Um, and sometimes takes from different parts of the world. So I can find a recipe that's like, based where you are in Australia somewhere. Um, then I have to talk to Betsy about how we're fine with grams. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's a bit of a thing. But no, it really is not that big of a deal. But I do both. Um, so. For me, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people do do both. And frankly, like, let's just like stop. I'm like just weigh everything, people. But I don't know. Um, but on the other hand, it does like. Expand my horizon a bit, and I've definitely got some great recipes on there. So if you're a bit more of an experienced cook, like definitely dig into the second page. I think it's worth a look.
0: I like it, and I have definitely, I, I well, I definitely go into the second page, um, and often you will find people that you even recognize on the second page because oh, it is. It's yeah. just up to Google, and so they might put all of all of the big ones. So they might put like a Smitten Kitchen, Serious Eats, right. a, a, the kitchen food 52, whatever it is all on the front page. But then you might have some of the really big bloggers on the second page and they've got great recipes oh, sure. too. So it's worth to have a look. And even, and it doesn't yeah. have to be a bigger blog. I'm just saying that you'll be surprised at who you recognize on the second page. Very yeah, That's <laughs> very true. That's very true. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. What Ooh. about, so we've, we've read the recipe. we are look, we're yeah. checking Google. We're going to some reliable sources. Is there any ones that you say maybe, Stay away from <laughs> I I won't say like stay away from, but like buyer
1: beware. Okay. Right? So um I think one site that I love and wish that someone had paid me that much money re- as they did recently. It's Food Fifty Two, which if you haven't, if you're not super into food blogging, you may not have known that they got like hundreds of millions of dollars for their site recently. Um, they are very community based, which I think is their strength. And the recipes on there are sometimes um, community recipes, which sometimes are amazing and sometimes are okay. So that's a site that I love. Um, I definitely am on it quite a bit. But just you know, make sure you're reading through the recipes before you you you, um, you do something with that. Um, the second thing I would place, I would go, is kind of disappointing to me is Martha Stewart.
0: Mm, I agree. Uh, this, it's always you know, just the recipe, I mean, and there's nothing there. Oh,
1: <laughs> there's not much to the recipe. I feel like it's it's very like high volume right? She's got a ton of recipes. She can't possibly be testing all these. And sometimes they're great. And sometimes they're not great. So Martha Stewart's another place. I'm kind of like, ah, you know, it can be good. It can be kind of okay. And then, um, you know, honestly, for me is the kitchen. I have had not great recipes come out of the kitchen. Um, And it's a little disappointing because I know some people who write for them and I feel like if I if you're like super into it and know who's writing what I think then sometimes you can find your favorite you know um recipe writer and go with them But I don't think everyone's gonna be as nerdy as I am
0: with that. <laughs> so,
1: um, you know like not everyone come on Kate so I, I think the kitchen is the same kind of as food 52 and Martha Stewart and Wet. they have a lot of recipes that they're pushing out every day and I think um in some ways, like you just have to double check that those recipes are going to work for you um, before you kind of jump into them.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I I want to pick your brain about the comments because I oh. I'm personally someone who I love the comment section. That's where oh I gosh. that's where oh, so, I'm heading all the yeah. time. Isn't that sad though? But I'm just like mm-hmm. always reading it. And I know I I guess like I read enough comments to know what a helpful one is and what one isn't. <laughs> but right. um, right. but do you recommend that as a way of checking if it's a good recipe or not? That is a great
1: point yes i use that quite a bit because sometimes the recipe will look delicious I'm like ooh, okay check the comments if there are five comments they're all making the same point they're not mean they're just confused probably don't have a great recipe yeah i think sometimes i'll take a risk if like the commentary is divided so like half the people are like this was terrible and the other half are like i love this food sometimes it's just a taste preference right yeah. like there is always someone who will go on an okra recipe and be like i hate okra and i'd never eat it this recipe is terrible (laughs) you're like well don't make an okra recipe (laughs) or you know or like the vegetarians that go on a like a pork roast yeah um, comment on that whatever (laughs) yeah but i I think you have got a good point there about the commentary i think um you know people in the comments can get a little little heated um And a little, like, accusatory. And sometimes I think to myself, like, this person is writing a recipe for you. You don't have to, like, move on. Yes. Like, go to the next one, you know, rather than, like, adding all this thing. I think it's important if people say, gosh, this really didn't work for me. Here's what happened. I think that's really important. It's part of the community aspect. But unnecessary stuff, kind of like, hmm. All right. But I I think to your point, digging in there a little bit can kind of give you insight. And also sometimes um, someone will say, look, I'm not if I'm reading um, sometimes in The Guardian. Well, The Guardian doesn't have comments, but sometimes in um, recipes that are not in the United States, people who are not from the U.S. will say, well, I can't find Lyle's golden syrup. And I know it's kind of like dark corn syrup. So I use that and it was fine. That's helpful to me. You know, yes, yes. Um, so you find little bits and bobs in there too, that are, you know, help you
0: cook a little better. We have a website here that like, whenever you Google any recipe, it, it will show up in the top results. Um, it's called taste. Uh, I can't, I can't oh, really relate yeah. it to one of, from you guys, but it, it would be similar to like a kitchen or something like it's, but, yeah. um, it's an Australian one and they, they'll always come up on your searches. And when I read the comments, people really do have helpful tips and those things. And so it is that kind of like community based thing where where it'll be like, I tried this, but I added these two spices. And then like seven people after that will be like, I read your comment. I tried those spices. I really liked it. And so that kind of starts to give you that like validation because yeah, it's mostly, mostly what I find is people are adding what they liked. And then other people are making the recipes according to what other people oh, liked. Kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. And
1: that's really helpful. Right. And I think like, too, you're like, oh, this is an apple crisp recipe, but it doesn't have any cinnamon. And I really like cinnamon. I'm going to add a little bit. Yep. And so this was like, oh, that's great. I love cinnamon and something like that. Um, can be really fun. And also like validating that, there is something a bit playful about cooking that can be really rewarding to like riff on people's things a little bit.
0: Absolutely, and I think that um, going with <laughs> um, using the comments, I will point out that when you do make a recipe, it is actually helpful if you do leave a comment <laughs> because. Oh, yeah. now, okay. now, now, I now what you're doing that for Now is a good a time as any to say it because. Like, obviously, you and I are both reading those comments. So if you aren't someone who always comments and like, I'm just going to put a caveat here and say, don't. Be nasty. You're right. If you're doing it a respectful nice way, that's you. perfectly fine. Like, there's no no. You just saying this is a this is a crappy recipe isn't really going to help anyone. But if you said like mm-hmm. it's too um, liquidy at the end and it didn't or um, the liquid didn't absorb or something or the mm-hmm. cooking times out or things like that, that's really helpful for the right. next people who want to make that recipe. So oh, I'm not, for sure. I'm not just saying that as a food blogger. I'm saying that as some, <laughs> someone who likes recipes and wants other people's tips. <laughs>
1: I completely agree. And I, I you know, I also don't mind sometimes a little comment about the spice level. Yes. Because I feel like that is something that's easy to dial up or dial down. And for me, when I pick recipes for Betsy and her brood, you know, she's got kids that are 9, 5 and 7 or 9, 7 and 5, right? Yeah. And so it depends day to day whether or not they like spicy foods. <laughs> Monday they like them, Tuesday they hate them, Wednesday they're back again. So for her, that's really important to know. Like, oh, this was actually not that spicy, or this this was this kind of blew my head off, but I love spice, so it's good. I mean, I think those are constructive things to be like. People can judge around them a little bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, if it's adding to the conversation always add to the conversation right
0: definitely it's it's always i find it's always appreciated when people are giving that validation it's kind of like when i go look at hotels or go look at like different stuff i love to know what other people think
1: (laughs) Me too. that is one of the blessings i mean also sometimes a curse like (laughs) restaurant reviews yes yes restaurant you've never been to you're like oh no you know there's really bad lighting or it's really loud maybe not a good date night spot yeah, you know, definitely. blast, you know, Metallica all night long or something. <laughs>
0: that would be my husband's dream restaurant.
1: <laughs> okay. maybe a great day night. What do I know? Wouldn't you be know? mine,
0: though. <laughs> no. him. Send him. Have a look back. And I just wanted to circle back, because with what you said about if you don't like okra, don't make an okra recipe, I think that that's yeah. a really, really good point to make about when you're trying to find a good recipe and a not-so-good recipe, is that... There is an individual Mm -hmm. taste element. So if you don't like the main ingredient, even if it looks like a good recipe, you probably won't like it. (laughs) Like it's, You can only do wonders with so much. Yeah, that is really true. I think um,
1: I really appreciate sometimes bloggers who, in the comments, someone will be like, this chicken recipe, I don't like at all. And I don't eat tofu. So can I just make it with hard boiled eggs? And they're like, maybe you need another recipe, you know, like <laughs> there are just certain times where like there's, there's, there's adjusting around the edges and then there's like digging into the structure of a recipe that I think, you know, like you're almost wasting your time. Like your time would be better served to just go find something else that actually tastes good. You know, I think one thing I discovered cooking, um, over this time is that I need to make the recipes for the person that I am, not the person that I want to be.
0: Yeah. Right. So,
1: I, I want to be that person that enjoys a steamed rice and um, wet kale chickpea bowl. And I got to tell you, I, I can't do it. I'm not a macrobiotic kind of person. I like a little garlic in there. I want a little flavor. <laughs> but like, I have tried some of these recipes. And I'm like, oh, I just feel like I'm chewing so much. There's a lot of chewing in these, you know, mm-hmm. You've got this, like big huge thing of kale or something. So and don't get me wrong. I do love a good kale salad, but, um, It's what I'm trying. The point I'm trying to make is, you know, I aspire to be this like healthy California gal when let's be real. Like I live in, I live on, on the East coast of the U S I'm actually from the Midwest. I like my cheese and I like my red sauce. That's just <laughs> who I am. So pick recipes that, you know, um, you know, obviously we are going to stretch you a bit, but, um, aren't so far out of your wheelhouse that you're, you're not going to enjoy them because ultimately you just want to enjoy your dinner. Yes. You know, just, just enjoy your dinner.
0: Yes. I love that point. <laughs> and I really do like that. Cook for who you are, not who you want to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll remember that one. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let's talk about substitutions (laughs) substitutions <laughs> oh, when you raise this yeah. with me I'm like yes preach but yes <laughs> I'll take I'll take your take on it before I add mine <laughs> yeah 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 um
1: so I, I think it gets really contentious I, with people who um cook from recipes as opposed to people who are writing them I think um there's something about cooking that like gives you this ownership right you're making something that you're going to eat and it's this whole thing so people start to think oh well I, I'm gonna make this my own I think that's totally legit and totally real. I feel like you better know what you're doing before you start substituting things, before you start to like undermine the structural underpinnings of the recipe, right? So if you're like, I can't, um, there's a difference between substituting gluten-free pasta into a dish that's like, well, I'm just going to use this chickpea pasta instead. Mm-hmm. Totally cool. It'll probably work. The, you know gluten-free pasta is amazing right now you can probably do totally fine as opposed to um, kind of like I was talking about before well I don't like chicken so I'm going to use hard-boiled eggs and I don't like curry so I'm just going to add in salsa instead and now instead of having a, a curry chicken dish you've got a salsa egg dish <laughs> which is very very different than what you started with and um, you know it's kind of like I said before if you don't like something just move on it's okay
0: Everyone has to like everything. No, exactly. And we were we were talking before the we started recording about baking recipes in particular. <laughs> <laughs> um, and generally, you'll find like most good food writers are going to give you substitutions anyway. So if they're using yes, is- a self-raising flour, they will say you can use an all-purpose plain flour here and add baking powder or something. They'll give you those instructions, but. Generally speaking, when you start to change too many things in a baked recipe, I find, yeah, it usually is a recipe you're for disaster. <laughs> yeah, you're on the road to trouble, my friend.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think like there's certain things you can do. Like I have definitely like swapped in a different nut not because i don't like them usually cuz it's like what i have in the freezer. Yes. You know. Oh, well, i don't have any pistachios. What happened to all my pistachios? Who knows. <laughs> um like things like that. As but you're right. Like as soon as you start talking about like swapping in and out flours, i think um you know, gluten-free baking is much more common now. I think a lot more good recipe writers are talking about like Yeah, i think you could swap in like a a cup for cup style flour in for this like regular wheat flour um, in some cases like but I haven't tested it yeah you're on your own um, which I think is is always nice but you're right a good writer will have at least a couple substitutions especially for ingredients that are a little trickier to find you yeah. know yeah. Uh, bamboo shoots or something like uh, if you can't find bamboo shoots where you live you can always leave them out or substitute this thing for it um, I think that's actually going back to what we started the 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 our talk with it's actually a sign of a good recipe That person thought ahead enough to think, oh, this might be tricky or um, an issue. Here's a way to get around it or how to deal with it in your own kitchen.
0: One person who does it really well, and I'm not sure if you guys have cooked any of her recipes, but Nagi from Recipe Tin Eats, she always gives really good substitutions under her recipes. And um, I think it's like a really good example of what everyone should be doing because she kind Mm -hmm. of, and I've heard her talk before about it, and she tries to think of, Um, my friend's grabbing this recipe. She needs to make it tonight. And she'll have questions of like, I don't know what dark soy sauce is. Do I really need it? Can I just use normal soy sauce? And so she kind of preempts all of those questions. And it's, that's how I go. I trust you because I know that you've thought about it. You've tried the different Mm -hmm. examples and you know what works well. (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And um, that's a lot of the way that I pick the recipes. I think to myself, if Betsy gets this recipe, we we have used Google Drive. And so each episode has the recipes in it as a PDF. And I'm like, if Betsy opens this folder, am I going to get a phone call? (laughs) It's just something like, what is this and why am I making it? Or can she just take the shopping list that we make every week and put it on her phone and go? Yeah, And if and if there's like substitutions, I'll send her a little text like, you know what? I know that you don't have this thing, but you probably use this thing. It says in the recipe. She's like, okay. so um, you're right. Yeah, it's I think it is a sign of like a thoughtful recipe writer that's actually really worked their mind through that whole recipe.
0: Yeah, perfect. Oh, All right. Well, is there any other points that you think we should consider when we're looking at recipes? I think, you know,
1: another way to get a good source. Everyone loves to talk about what they make for dinner. I have discovered that. Mm -hmm. Talk to people. Ask around, you know, ask people in real life, not on the internet. <laughs> like, yeah. there are people out there, right? So, talk to your friends. I think I have gotten some great recipe recommendations from folks that, like, my friends and my family. We have a, a podcast um, Facebook group. And so, on the Facebook group, we've gotten great recipe recommendations. People have already made them once, yeah. right? Um, and so, yeah, like, leverage your real life community and see
0: what comes out of that because I think you can get
1: some good, good. Good recipes out of there.
0: That's actually what made me start this podcast because I was at once thinking, like, how could you talk about food? Like, you kind of some part of some parts of it is very visual, um, and then I was right. like. All of the best ideas, like whether they're tips or recipes or ideas for things to have for dinner, I have always got them from just talking to people. It's, it's never been it's really like true. going yes, through like a, a thousand word article or something. It's always just like, what are you having for dinner tonight? Oh, that sounds good. How do I make that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah exactly oh well okay i've had so much fun talking to you and i am going to be an avid listener of the dinner sisters podcast Uh which would you you let my listeners know where they can find you of course so we are on speaking of
1: the internet we are on the internet at dinnersisters.com you can find our podcast wherever you download a podcast we're on itunes we're on spreaker we're on spotify a bunch of other things that betsy would probably remind me to say um but (laughs) any any podcast app you'll, you'll find us on there um we also have a facebook group so if you're interested in talking about recipes um it's pretty active which has been really fun and so we're on facebook at dinner sisters podcast you just like type that in and you can find our facebook i think it's called dinner sisters cooking group so oh, you can find us awesome.
0: there awesome and i will put all of these links in the show notes as well fantastic
1: cassie thank you so much for having me this has been really fun
0: it has been thank you I had such a blast chatting with Kate and I loved all of her tips for how to seek out a great recipe and for nailing cooking from recipes at home. Reading the recipe all the way through is one that stands out to me because I am so guilty of not doing it and then getting halfway through the recipe only to realize that I needed a special appliance or something that I didn't have. So don't be silly like me and read the recipe all the way through. That's it for me this week, guys. Have a great week and don't just cook, cook it real good. Bye.